again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And this is episode 19. And I'm not going to repeat that. Nope, but she's thinking it. I so am. It is marginally less hot in the Polly Pocket today. No, I would say it's significantly less hot. You're going to go significant? Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sweating and I'm wearing jeans down to my ankles. That is true. So Jordan was in uh, track shorts and a tank top or a sleeveless undershirt when Caitlin arrived and then quickly threw a t-shirt on before she walked in the door because that's that's how I shield her delicate lady sensibilities <laughs> from all the rolling flesh that pours out of my shirts normally. Wow. What am I even saying? There are many <laughs> ways you can listen to this show. First and foremost of which soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Follow us on there. You'll get a notification every time new episodes go live on Tuesdays. As well, iTunes, just search us on there, Geek Down. I think we're pretty much the only thing that comes up now, especially if you're in the podcast app. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Search us out there, subscribe, and word to the wise. So you hear on podcasts all the time, you know, roll, rate, review, and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Stats for podcasts are really hard to like get a handle on. I, w- I was talking to someone about this yesterday, actually. They were yeah. asking about, you know, do you know how many listeners you have? And I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> we have no idea. We can get basically play counts just through SoundCloud. That's the best. And we're trying to get those. But honestly, going on iTunes, dropping us a five stars, writing a review that's just like, love the show. Or, or sorry, or like a four star. Like, I understand <laughs> some people may have some issues with the show. So Fine. Whatever star rating you like, Please try to keep it positive if you like us. That is something that we can look at, that we can see, that we could possibly show potential advertisers. Or people who just want to support our cheese eating habits. Listen, cheese is on fleek today, fam. <laughs> Shout out to Joyce Wong. Thank you, friend, Joyce. Friend of me. Not necessarily friend of the show, because I know she doesn't listen to it. She knows it exists, <laughs> but I know she doesn't listen to it. Uh, who provided me... And all you're going to hear us do is eat cheese the entire episode. A block of cheese, some honey crisp apples, uh, some olives that are now gone. Like, I basically, we were out at St. Lawrence Market and she just bought me a load of shit. Well beyond, you know, the income level that I usually grocery shop at. Basically, you got a taste of the <laughs> high life. <laughs> a taste of, taste of what adults actually eat. And I saved this all week. I had, I had a small slice of it earlier in the week and then said, I have to save this for Caitlin McKinnon. It is amazing cheese it is so good i don't even remember what it was some sort of balsamic bella fiore or something oh <laughs> uh, the pairing with the apple is fantastic is it uh-huh really good. i haven't hit that yet as we know people love listening to eating on microphones oh yeah yeah i feel like you'd really run into trouble if you had a podcast about food oh my god <laughs> sorry the cheese just hit the apple right so good Motherfucker. Very good. That's what that means. Wow. So we got to put this down. Huh. Right. So how's your week, Kate? Uh, it's been all right. Been all right? Yeah. I have New York accommodations confirmed. Excellent. For New York. Costing me a smooth $203 for the whole trip. For the whole trip? Yes. Like that, com- that's my accommodations cost. Oh, well, that's not the whole trip, though. Well, no. There will be, like, you know, my quarter contribution to a tank of gas and then like whatever I oh are you guys driving yeah oh that's awesome yeah so what's interesting is what happens here is uh I have now become the fifth wheel on my own trip <laughs> how did that happen uh so first <laughs> whoa what's up Parkdale 
My friends are not what many would consider impulsive. Right. Friends with a lot of planners. Yeah. We like to like to really like dig into the details of anything they undertake. So there wasn't really anybody I could ask just kind of like out of nowhere to be like, hey, I don't suppose you want to go to New York on Labor Day weekend. Right. Like if it wasn't a thought that they had occurred to them and already like they started working through. Probably wouldn't have happened. I have one friend who was like this and I asked her on a whim. Right. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, cool. So then I work with a mutual friend of hers and mentioned the trip to him. And he was like, mm, well, thanks for thanks for the invite. I was like, wow. I was like, Roger, you want to come? Just come. I know Roger. You know Roger. I like Roger a lot. Everyone loves Roger. And I was like, Roger, if you want to come, just come. Like, because one, brings the expenses down even more. Two, I wasn't totally thrilled with the idea of her, like, wandering the streets by herself. I've been on Broadview after 10 p.m. and, like, a little (laughs) south. Like, it gets, it gets kind of scary. Did you mean Broadway? Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, you know. So, yeah, I, was in Greek, I was in Greek Town in Toronto <laughs> over Broadview. It's, it's real scary down there. Um, no, Greek Town is not scary. Broadway in New York is scary. So given that, especially for the Sunday, I will be like waiting outside of a building for 10 hours. Yeah. A little more comfortable if she had somebody to kind of gallivant with. Cool. Then a couple days later passed. Roger's like, so I think another one of our friends is going to come. I'm like, okay. And then I went to bed before work one night on Friday, I think it was, Thursday or Friday. Woke up. Steph, the first person I asked, sent me a link to the hotel we're now staying at. Yeah. It was like, it's going to cost each what each one of us $203, and there's a fifth person coming now. So the car's full, but you get shotgun at least. Well, that's good at least. That's really the most important thing. So I get shotgun, and I'm being promised one of the beds, although let's be honest, I sleep in the bathtub. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Y'all are going on vacation. I am making a holy pilgrimage. This is is a very different type of trip for me but yeah so it's going to be the times i am around yeah. it's just going to be like they're going to be off doing their thing like you know smoking weed drinking like party in new york yeah i'm just going to be like listen shut up i gotta sleep yeah. i gotta be back up at like 8 a.m to get ready and be down there to line up again you think it's going to be the line is going to be that bad like well you one day you're going with your ticket so you don't have to line up that day yeah one day the first day i can just roll in whenever i want that's yeah. the only downer is i really won't have that much time to kind of like poke around the city right like i think steph said she wants to leave on thursday night and do like an overnight drive right so we'll get there like friday morning that's what i did when i went to new york last time megabus yeah yeah megabus i did the midnight to like eight yeah i don't even think it was that i think we got there earlier than that yeah, that was an interesting trip. Because they make you all get out of the bus when you cross the border mm. with your bags. <laughs> so you think you're going to sleep. And then they're like, oh, you got to you gotta get your fingerprints taken by the Americans. Fingerprints, really? No, I didn't. But they, it was sort of like a random. You, I could have possibly had my mm. fingerprints taken. So, yes, I was telling Steph that, you know, the Sunday especially, which is the day I have general admission, and already have a line buddy for that of girl I met on Instagram here in oh, Toronto. That's nice who is from Japan, living in Toronto now, and uh, we bonded over mutual love of perfume, just found each other on Instagram, and we shoot messages every once in a while. And she's making the trip down for both days. And I was like, line buddies? And she was like, yeah, sure. So what's up, Natsuki? And we're talking like noon. We might try to meet there for noon. Noon? To line up. That's insane. We are talking about the difference between locking eyes with Nachi (sighs) or not. Okay. That could be the three-hour difference there. 
which is what I said to Steph, when she was like, well, you can eat with us. You can go for brunch with us on Sunday. We're not going to take that long. And I was like, two gays and two women? And you <laughs> want me to, like, I will be in and out. I will be up at nine and done. And you want to try to tell me that two gay dudes and two women aren't going to take that long. I think that's offensive. <laughs> Borderline offensive, perhaps. Perhaps. I'm being very stereotypical here. I, I on the other hand, take really quick showers. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, yeah, so we're, we're three months out. All I got right now in front of me is just making money and apparently buying a phone because my phone is dead and it's not going to last if I'm waiting online all day outside in New York and then I get out of the show in a strange city. I need to be able to have a device that will be able so to funny. message someone. I was just talking to my parents about that. Hmm. They're going to Europe today, actually. They're leaving to go to Amsterdam and then to Paris. And uh, they were like, we need to have, be able to have a cell phone. And I was like, no, you don't. And they're like, what if it's an emergency? I'm like, you find a police officer. Like, that's, <laughs> maybe I have this laissez-faire attitude, but. You want 38-year-old me to walk out of, and if I can't find a cab to flag down, to just find a police officer to take me home? <laughs> yes. No police officer, I'm Canadian, and I don't know my way around, and I need to get back to this hotel. Yeah, it's not like when I was in Montreal, and none of the police officers spoke English at all. At all. At all? We ran into, like, three different police officers, and we... It was an emergency. We were just asking for directions, <laughs> but nobody spoke English. And I was like, I no, it shouldn't be surprised. I speak a little bit of French, but mm. not good enough to have... Like a long conversation with someone. Yes. So, and we we finally found, it was funny, we finally ran into another group of people that were also from Toronto, <laughs> and but they knew where we needed to go, uh. so yeah, that was good. <laughs> My one time I went to Montreal, uh, I was the only one, it was me and, and like three other friends, and I was the only one who took any high school French. Right. Like, aside from the one mandatory like course you had to take or how many you had to t- take back then i took all school in french that's right you did so yeah you should have been able to have a full conversation i had to drop out of french in grade 11 i had my high school french but that apparently made me like the default translator for this trip right and after like four days we realized that i was telling homeless people you're welcome instead of sorry when we were <laughs> passing by and not giving them any money the how do you w- not know that that's one of the simple words <laughs> yeah i was just like didn't you nope wow yep Shouts to that Ontario education <laughs> wow. curriculum. I think this is more your fault. Really did. How dare you? <laughs> Talk about some news. What do you got? All right. We don't have very much today. It's kind of a slow-ish news week, especially since you didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I looked. It looked. Uh-huh. I worked four in a row this week. Give me a break. Um, so you looked, but you didn't see all the rumors about Captain Marvel. What's happening with Captain Marvel now? Basically, Brie Larson, best known for the movie Room and winning the Oscar for that. Best known as Abed's girlfriend on Community. Well, that's how I know her. But anyways, she's been rumored to be the front runner to, to play Captain Marvel. And Chris Evans, who plays Captain... I was going to say Captain Planet. Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> which we all know is Don Cheadle. Who plays Captain Planet. Um, but Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, he has come out and said that he really hopes she does get the chance to play. Hmm. Um, but by your expression, you don't seem to think that's such a good choice. She deserves better. 
Brie Larson deserves better. She got a fucking Oscar. Why does she got to like get locked down into the Marvel machine for another like it's seven years? Captain Marvel. Sure. And if that's all she was going to do, okay, fine, maybe, but I don't know. I You got your whole life in front of you, Brie Larson. Why do you want to get locked into the fucking Marvel mon- monster machine for the next decade of your life? I think that it would be awesome. I think she'd be a great Captain Marvel. I still think Katie Sackhoff would be better, but eh, no, that's okay. No, nobody on the wider, no offense to Katie Sackhoff, but nobody on the wider cultural landscape is, is checking for her. Yeah, they are. Eh. Everybody wants Katie Sackhoff okay. to be Captain Marvel. No. You just don't know. No. We're going to argue about this, aren't we? <laughs> We're going to have an argument. <laughs> no, I just don't care that much. Well, you this goes back to that argument we didn't talk about before, that, that article we didn't talk about before, because it was just going to be a fight about how, there, <laughs> about how there are no movie stars anymore. That is, and not, the Marvel machine, and they're all superheroes now. Oh my god. I can't, no, we're not, you see, we're not, we're not going to do this. I will post a link to that article, friends, on the Facebook page. It's not very well written. It's finally well written, because it's, it's by Wesley Morris, critic at large at the New York Times, who writes fabulous articles. Which doesn't really matter, because this article in particular is not very well written. Or maybe his argument is just over your head. No, it's definitely that it's not very well written. Okay. We'll talk about things that are well written, and not when we get to your thing later on this episode. My thing is amazing. I'm calling shenanigans on every argument you've ever made. About what? About things that are written. <laughs> You can still enjoy something that isn't well written. It happens all the time. It's like half the movies I love. I love Fifth Element, which is a terribly written movie. Caitlin. Yeah. The Fifth Element was love. Was love? Yes. Yeah. Everyone knows that. It's ridiculous. (laughs) That's that's genius, McKinnon. It's ridiculous. All right. Eat some cheese. Oh, and now it's raining. It is raining. Anyway, that's my thing. Like, just... The stars don't make the character. That's the whole argument behind this. You don't need to put Brie Larson. Why don't you just like find somebody new? Again, the whole world is wrestling. Why don't you make somebody? I, Roles I, like this can make somebody. They're not doing anything for Brie Larson to be in this. Brie Larson exists on her own now. Which is great, except it's really hard for women to get roles in film. Even if you've won an Oscar. It is very, very difficult, especially as a woman, to get work. So you might as well get work right where you can and i don't think that being captain marvel is that bad especially if she likes the character and she likes the idea of steady work and that's ultimately what comes down to did you see where jeremy irons basically not only did he shit on don justice right he basically said like well yeah you know i'm tied to batman for like the next 10 years yeah (laughs) it's nice to have a bit of income (laughs) and like quickly was like that's not the only reason why i do it but i mean (laughs) you know it's nice to be able to you know be able to rely on Plan my vacations for the next like five years. And especially depending on how they like talk to her about the contract. Like we don't even know. This is the rumor that she is the front runner. We're not sure. It could turn out to be someone completely different. It could be Katie Sackhoff. I just feel like we are at a point now where like you had to have Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man because nobody knew who the fuck Iron Man was. Now the Marvel brand is so relied like I don't agree. You can rely on it. I don't agree. People are gonna see Marvel movies based on it's a Marvel movie now. Um, but you, you don't say need that, you don't need a quote unquote movie star to be in these movies. I mean, you could say that you definitely could say that about 
any of the superhero movies. We've talked about it before. People love superhero movies. They're going to, Dawn of Justice, they're going to go see it whether the ratings are bad or not. I almost went to go see it. <laughs> but then I, thankfully, Jungle Book happened to be out at the same time and it saved me from seeing it. Um, but for instance, I just went to see um, X-Men Apocalypse, which has been surpassed in ratings by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Look at that segue. That was like a that was beautiful. That was like wasn't a it? Matrix move. Segue. It was like I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. We're now going to talk about how bad X Men: Age of Apocalypse was. Nobody would have seen the nice guys if Ryan Gosling wasn't in it. Anybody will see Captain Marvel regardless of who's in it. Anyways, Ninja Turtles. Uh, Ninja Turtles. Um, I don't actually want to talk about Ninja Turtles. I don't care. Mostly, what I care about is X Men: Age of Apocalypse. So you saw it. I did see it. And it was terrible. <laughs> and in this case. I guess they don't have the same thing going as the Marvel Cinematic Universe because people looked at X-Men Age of Apocalypse and went, I'd rather go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I just think Apocalypse was the wrong move. I never liked that character. And it's a real, like, they're trying to conjure sentiments of, like, late, like, I was not in it at all. I know Age of Apocalypse was, like, this huge, like, alternate, alternate universes or timelines are the same to me as space with the X-Men. Like, why can't the fucking X-Men just be here? Right. And, you know, the whole metaphor for oppression and persecution. That's fine. You got enough to work with here. You don't need to go fucking dystopia, space, any of the rest of that business. They can just, they're fine right here. So I don't know. Apocalypse seemed like a weird choice to me. I, to begin I just, with. It, I, speaking of writing, wasn't very well written. The characters were, uh, I didn't care about them. Uh, Sophie Turner, who is in Game of Thrones. Yes, Sansa Stark. As Sansa Stark. Um, she plays uh, Jean Grey. And I thought she was terrible. <laughs> I really didn't like her as Jean Grey. And yeah, I just, I, I just felt uh, about that movie. How did nerd pinup queen Olivia Munn do with her three lines of Psylocke? See, the problem is, so a long time ago, our mutual friend Gina mm. drew me um, one of my favorite X-Men characters, which happened to be Psylocke. And she did an amazing job doing the drawing. I still have it. Thank you, Gina. It was a birthday present. I was excited when I found out way, way back when that she was going to be in the film. And then as soon as Olivia Munn was announced as Psylocke, I was like, oh, well, there's the end of the excitement. I'm one of those people who I don't know why I couldn't explain it to you. I just don't really like Olivia Munn. (laughs) I mean, I I watched the newsroom for a little while. She was okay in that. Oh, right. She was on that. But I just didn't. I don't know why I don't like her. Maybe it's something I'll write an essay on one day. (laughs) <laughs> but why Caitlin does not like Olivia Munn? She's probably a really nice person. I don't know. I don't know anything about her. I just don't <laughs> seem I know, to like her. I know too much about her, and I probably have the same opinion. But the big thing is Psylocke is British, and Olivia Munn did not have a British accent. So I guess she did terribly? Like, I don't really... <laughs> she did only have a couple pieces of dialogue. I have nothing really to say about her. There's nothing, I'm not, like, this film was so blah. I didn't hate it, and I didn't love it, it just was sort of there. I mean, I haven't seen one since First Class, and First Class was good, because it was telling a small story. We weren't fucking dealing with timelines or space or anything like that. But yeah, I had zero interest to see this. Sorry you sat through that. Yeah, yeah, it was too bad. And it's choking fetish marketing, that cut. I just... Raked over the coals this And week. I mean, X-Men is one of those things that I did. That was one of my TV shows when I was a kid. I can name about five or six that I just obsessed over. 
And that was one of them. And I just didn't care. So, yeah. So, basically, it comes down to X-Men, Age of Apocalypse was blah. Blah. And I didn't really care. Yeah, it's funny. We talk about the tinfoil hat conspiracy theories about how, like, oh, Marvel doesn't really want to promote the X-Men. And they're trying to, like... Put the Inhumans in the X Men spot because they can yeah. they own all the TV and movies about the Inhumans, but they don't because they sold the rights to the X Men when they were bankrupt, and they don't really want to promote those movies. And Marvel always denies it. No, 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 we're not doing that. Blah blah blah. At work, we got a uh, like a kids book, like an alphabet book. Yeah. And it caught my attention one because Ms. Marvel was on the cover of it, and I was like, oh shit, that's cool. That's like a that is neat. That's a good push for for young Kamala Khan, like yeah. to be on, essentially like. Not a comic book, a book that goes out to the larger world. Um, then we started like flipping through it and laughing at the. So it would be like Spider-Man stops the, you know, whatever. Supervillain. Yeah, and there'd be little flaps with other S words in there. And the Ultron one for you, he was like, I don't know why he was like attacking a clown. <laughs> Ultron was like throwing a unicycle. Um, but when you got to the X, yeah, it was like first of all, W was not Wolverine. Okay. It was like Wendigo or something. Right. And the X was like, I can't even remember the character. It was some like minor demon type character I've never heard of. Instead of X-Men. Yeah. It's like, I know. That, I, that's what you went with instead of the X-Men? I didn't think that was a, 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 a conspiracy theory. I thought it was you legit it was that like they just were not putting a lot of money or time or work into the X-Men because they, they didn't have the rights. They keep denying it. They, you know, if, you, if they're ever asked directly, they deny it, but the evidence is stacking up. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. I love how that the alphabet book for kids is the nail in the coffin right there. <laughs> now we know for sure. <laughs> so this is a pruder film of, of Marvel marketing. Yeah, exactly. Um, My God, this cheese is so good. It is. It's so good. Okay, so then and we have a lot of superhero news, so we're just going to move right on. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Um, Suicide Squad. Yes. Apparently, the first reactions are out. Apparently. I read this too, and I would caution Well, this is what a happened. a bit of salt with this, because... This is what happened with uh, Superman versus <laughs> yes, Batman, where they say. were like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience rating. Yeah. Audience rating was 90%. Everybody was like, it's so good. And then someone told me, actually, I think it was Misha... Who finally, who we mentioned him so much, he actually posted on our Facebook page. What's up, Misha? He, I, I always go there and, and Misha's like this older brother where he's like, he just has all, he just knows all this information all the time. And he's mm. like, no, you're stupid. Um, he was, he, he never talks like that. He's always very kind about it, but was like, actually people can post. It doesn't matter if they've seen it or not. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, just random people will post I guess, I don't know if it's people trolling or people who just want to think it's going to be good. Or Warner Brothers interns. Or Warner Brothers interns saying that, you know, it was a great movie. And then, of course, we find out it's a terrible, terrible movie. But as far as Suicide Squad is concerned, apparently... The things that are being said, I don't think... We're pretty confident that it's probably accurate. Probably. Given the big takeaways there. That... It, it was good. It was very redeeming for the franchise. And that the standout performances were Will Smith's Deadshot and uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, yes. which we knew. Mm. I didn't know about the Deadshot. I know about Deadshot either. That makes me happy. Yeah. Will, Will could use a win. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't had one in a while. Yeah. I would like to see Will have a win. Uh, I think we all knew that Harley was going to be the breakout of this movie. The interesting 
point in there as well, and who knows, this could be just people hoping for the best or Warner Brothers interns, uh, was the, <laughs> the repeated mention that does more to redeem Batman. As Batman. Given the can- the Affleck Batman. Yeah. His cameo in this does more to like redeem the character than anything that happened in Donna Justice. That's good, I guess. I still haven't seen Donna Justice, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, he uses guns a lot. Okay. Apparently. Uh, and apparently, yeah, if you if you share, if your mothers share a name, that's all you need to uh, patch up any difference, I guess. I guess. You heard that, right? Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. it's been a big ongoing thing in, in other comic strips. And, Ugh. and Superman's dead, but not dead. And the DC Rebirth thing, that's something I skimmed over when I was, something I didn't notice oh, when I was getting the bullet points from that. There's new, new weird DC Rebirth stuff. Yeah, I guess so. When the New Fifty Two was created, the Superman of that world, yeah, like the D- Superman in the DC New Fifty Two Superman, was not the Superman from the previous DCU. Oh. It was a different one because the whole thing with the New Fifty Two is they're all kind of younger. Years are missing. Relationships aren't there. And so when Wally is narrating the whole thing, yeah, he's like, "This isn't right. We lost some years. Like, like they're the heroes aren't the legends they were." In right. the DCU, they're, like, younger. That's why you see, like, the Justice League coming together, whatever. Like, ten years have been missing. It basically, like, set the DCU back ten years. What we found out in Rebirth was that Superman and Lois Lane, the previous Superman and Lois Lane, like, made the crossover. Oh. So they were still there. And Clark was like, yo, they got this. Let's <laughs> just relax. So him and Lois, like, had a kid. Oh. They were chilling out in Kansas. Now, the current, the Superman of the New 52 died in a fashion somewhat similar to all-star superman ah. like kind of like a poisoning type of thing he had to use kryptonite to repair a cell sort of thing that gave him kryptonite poisoning blah 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 right. whatever he dies so previous older bearded he's got a handsome beard oh really <laughs> oh caitlin likes bearded superman. I, I, well i just you never see him with a beard no you don't actually there are very few characters you see with a beard green arrow yes uh, aquaman sometimes sometimes I like bearded Aquaman better. <laughs> I actually, I would, I have, I would love to see uh, Momoa. That's his last name, right? Yeah, yeah, because he has a very nice beard. Uh, like, I'd like to see him in action. I still haven't seen the movie. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like no, you just want to see him in front of you. <laughs> I'd love to see him in <laughs> yeah, front of I bet, me. I bet you would. Um, but uh, he has a very nice beard. Yeah, not a lot of bearded, uh, not a lot of bearded superheroes. It's basically they have this sort of image that like you can't be clean cut. That's the whole thing with like, or you have pre- to be clean cut rather. Presidential candidates, right? Like, you know, you never get, you never get elected president if you have a beard. Like, but lots of presidents had a beard. Pre TV era. That's true. Um, but yes, so New Fifty Two Superman dies. Old Superman is talking to Lois, and Lois is like, "Well, you died once, and you came back." Yeah. So whether it's just he feels he needs to do the right thing. Or he just wants to keep chilling out in Kansas and not have to be Superman anymore. We don't know. But he reveals himself to the uh, rest of the New 52 Justice Leagues and whatnot I, well, to try to resurrect that version edition of Superman. So what really struck me watching... God, I'm, I'm going to screw up what the name of the cartoon was. But it was Justice League and it was... It was a continuation of Batman the Animated Series. Like, it was in that universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called Justice League something. Unlimited? Maybe. I think it was. And it was a cartoon that ran for, I think, at least two seasons. Yeah, they had Justice League and then they had Justice League Unlimited, which was more of a, like, 
people popping in and out. Like it would be a Justice League cartoon, but it would be like yeah, Batman, Zatanna, and the exactly. wannabes. I, I, and then the next week would be Wonder Woman and Hot Girl and someone else. I loved that. That was oh, a it was great amazing. series. It was one of the best shows they ever did. Um, but there was an episode where Superman gets sort of like infected by a monster. Mm-hmm. And it makes him think he had like um, Krypton had never blown up. Okay. And he sort of like is still on Krypton. And he's a farmer. Mm. And he like... That's what he wanted. He yeah, wanted this like rem- I vaguely remember that. quiet life with a kid and mm. a wife and and sort of that idea that the reason Superman was Superman not because he wanted power or prestige, he but he felt like it was the right thing to do that he yeah. had this power. Very much the Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting side of Superman. Um and that's kind of why I loved the cartoons is that they were able to show me that because I wasn't a big comic book reader. Mm. Um, so do they do that kind of thing with it? Do you know? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I may go back on it's It's available to me to read. Should I decide to, um, but I thought I had all the bullet points, but missed this one. Apparently I just saw like a random item on a website and click through. Um, he's in, he's not in the Superman uniform. He's in like the black version with the kind of like Superman three Zod Kryptonians type of thing. Right. It's like a black unitard with the, with the silver S on it. Um, and he's trying, I don't know his motivations, but he's trying to resurrect the, that, uh, earth's Superman. Okay. So Interesting. I don't know how we got off on that sidetrack. Uh, we were talking about DC and well, suicide squad. Right. And then Batman, Batman, Oh, them beards. <laughs> <laughs> I just mostly remember about Momoa. Yeah, you're just that's, you're, that's, off, you're off in Momoa land. Yeah. By the way. So, but we were talking about Suicide Squad, and hopefully, it's going to be as good as people have said it's going to be. Here's hoping. Fingers crossed. That is, I am going to go see that. Well, I'm, yeah, you're. I might have to. I might have to watch Batman or Superman versus Batman first. Dawn I, of Justice. I don't think you need to. What about I don't the think Easter there's important. Eggs? I don't think there's important information there that. <sighs> Maybe not. I would like to take take a look at Ben Affleck's. Uh, oh yeah, my Batman to... before I see it in Suicide Squad. Because I don't know how much he was actually there for in Suicide Squad. I'm sure it was just a stunt guy riding on top of a Lamborghini. But yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's all about the magic of cinema, Jordan. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have one last bit of news. What do we got? And it is not superhero news. It is Hot Dog Girl. <laughs> Princess <laughs> you, of the Hot Dog. You want to bring Hot Dog Girl to the show? That's fine. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I just thought, you know, I like to end things positively. <laughs> and I want to talk about how awesome Hot Dog Girl is. And if you don't know, you can she's, just... She's pretty awesome. You can just Google Google Hot Dog Girl or Princess Hot Dog Girl. <laughs> um, basically, what happened was they her dance class was having a princess day. And all the girls came in their princess finery. Except for this little girl, she came in her hot dog outfit. Yep. <laughs> Apparently it was her idea and she wanted to be like princess hot dog or princess of the hot dogs. I don't even know if princess was part of it. <laughs> if she was just <laughs> she like, was I want to like, be a hot dog. I want to be a hot dog. Um, and I just, I feel really, what's the word I'm looking for? Connected with this 
girl and this idea of being a hot dog while everyone else is a princess. Now, that post on your Facebook, was that the first time you saw it? Or yeah, you seen yeah. It okay, yeah. Because <laughs> I saw it. I fell in a BuzzFeed hole for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I just saw a headline that said... <laughs> Little girl wears hot dog costume to Princess Day, and, the and is the and is the hero we deserve. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, this is maybe the most Caitlyn McKinnon thing that ever. Caitlyn McKinnon <laughs> need to post this to her Facebook immediately. Um, and it is definitely something I I would have done. Um, <laughs> I was always trying to like mix things. I was like a princess, but I was also like an astronaut. I was like a princess astronaut. Princess astronaut. So that is definitely something I could see. You can have doing. that one for free, aspiring children's book writers. Yeah. Um, princess astronaut. Anyways, I just wanted to leave everyone with that lovely image of this row of girls in their princess finery <laughs> and then this girl in a hot dog outfit. Yes, and it has gone viral. I think they did have... What was it? There was a pageant or something. Like, there's a couple. There's a couple other times where she like went out in her hot, hot dog outfit because <laughs> people love this so much. Be hey. true to yourselves, friends. Yeah. You want to be a hot dog? Be a hot dog. I am always a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the most accurate thing you've ever said on this show. All right. Uh, so I think we're good for news. I think so. Yeah. Fast and furious today, friends. Got a heart out again, and and got a. Get this done before it gets for an extra person in the poly pocket makes this place too hot. Yeah. So we will be back right after this with the portion of the show where Caitlin and I each talk about the thing we brought the other. And apparently it's gonna be interesting. It might be. We'll see. Alright. And we will get to that after we reload on cheese. See you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Geek Down. Uh, this is the portion of the show where we, Jordan and I, sit down and discuss the things we brought each other to look at. But before we get into it, we have got some rules. So many rules. Not not really. Just three. It's like two and a half. 2.5. 2.5 rules. So the first rule is... Jordan, the rule of three. Which is... If it is a thing that runs on installments or episodically or periodically... Or elliptically. <laughs> elliptically. <laughs> Cubically. That's not even... That Actually, well, that is three. It's three. Anyways, it's the power of three is cube. Anyways, fine. Keep on going. You got to take in three of them. Yeah. If it's a show, watch three episodes. If it's a comic, read three issues. If it's a book, read more than three chapters. We haven't figured that out yet. Still figuring that one out. Yeah. The idea is to give the thing that you have suggested a opportunity to situate itself First parts of anything have so much to do, you don't get it. You get the smallest of glimpses to where it could actually go. So you just need to give it a chance, basically. Yeah. And then the second rule, which is no tipping of the hand, which we changed the name to, and I forgot that, which is save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Caitlin and I do not talk about the thing that we are watching until we sit in front of these microphones. And it is a struggle, ladies and gentlemen. It's really hard to do. The bulk of... Listen, Caitlin and I have been friends for like... Five, six years, and when the bulk of that relationship has been yelling and complaining and <laughs> squeeing to each other on Facebook about and via text and on the phone about things that we are watching, reading, and listening to. Yep. Take that away. I'm amazed we still have a friendship left. I know. It's just really a hollow shell of a friendship now. <laughs> um, and then a our point five rule, which is 
a point five because it's not really a rule. It's more of a sort of guideline or policy. Spoilers. There will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Yeah. Don't know that it's going to come up too much in the thing Caitlin brought me because nothing really happened. But the thing that <laughs> I brought Caitlin. Wow. <laughs> I am. Wow. Shots fired like really early into this segment. The thing I brought Caitlin may involve a deep dive. And although nothing really happens in that either. So no, it's like no, kind of hard, yeah. hard to spoil there. Yeah. But usually there will be spoilers. So if you have a zero tolerance policy on spoilers and you don't want to know anything that could possibly happen in Miss Fisher's murder mysteries or wolf children. Then, See ya. Yeah. Uh, we had cheese. So now it's your turn to go get some cheese. Go get some. The cheese is gone, by the way. There, yeah. are, there are two, two pieces. Two, I'm going to get this little sliver right here and I'll leave you the mighty the block chunk. still Thank sitting you. there. Thank you. God damn. So good. So good. Um, or go and have some tea. Or if you also don't have air conditioning, uh, maybe you could go and get a nice tea. You sit quietly, immobile. <laughs> yeah. With a try fan. Not, uh, try not to sweat too much. Fan on your undercarriage. Um, because yes, we will, there will be spoilers and stuff about plot and, and other details. So on and so forth. We like to switch back and forth between the things we bring each other for what leads off. And this week we are leading off with the thing Caitlin brought me. Uh, which is Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. Man. When all I had was the title to go on, I was like this, forget hot dog girl. This is the most Caitlin thing that ever Caitlin. <laughs> And it, it is a little bit of a departure from what we've done. We, we've talked about how much I love mysteries. Yes. And. Well, do you want to get to that now or in a moment? Because my first point on yeah. this was going to be just explain yourself. In what regard? Because I just am curious what the appeal in the genre, to the genre is for you. Like, I don't really do mysteries. I do crime, mm-hmm. which is different it's very different like crime is csi not even i'm thinking more on like a law and order yeah like procedurals yeah that's kind of one thing one part of it and i had you know like most people i had a law and order phase yeah at one point 1 a.m on a 1 a.m 1 p.m yeah i wasn't that desperate (laughs) 1 1 p.m at on a and e every day but i'm even more talking about like the wire or um like the book i'm reading right now which i've been reading forever not because it's bad just because it's like podcasts and music on the bus more than reading is a book called the whites by a guy named Richard price and a lot of his books they're fantastic but they're never about they're not whodunits they're not about yeah the who they're about the why and the how right so i've never really been i've, I've never read agatha christie i've never read you know any quote-unquote mystery writers it's never really had any appeal to me what is the appeal for you um that's a hard thing to explain. I mean, part of it is it was a big chunk of my childhood. Mm-hmm. My I grew up on A and E. My parents <laughs> that was basically the channel that was on most of the time. Mm-hmm. So you had things like Sherlock Holmes, Poirot, Miss um, Marple, and uh, of course we've talked a lot about Murder She Wrote. Murder She Wrote, yes. Part of it, it it's I think it's like th- there are three big aspects. One is I love puzzles. Mm -hmm. So I love trying to figure out who did it or sort of watching someone figure it out. Um, I love the silliness in murder mysteries. Like they're, they're ridiculous. 
and and so something like Sherlock Holmes is a little bit more serious. So that's a known and accepted part of oh yeah the genre. Absolutely, there's okay. sort of you know Miss Marple gossips a lot, and 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 she or she'll t- she's sort of like this this crazy oddball char- uh, character. A lot of them are. Um, so that is definitely a known aspect to this, especially something like Murder She Wrote. Murder She Wrote ridiculous. The good thing is later episodes they sort of nod to the fact that wherever Jessica Fletcher goes, someone dies. <laughs> like it's like, oh, is, isn't this weird that someone's died now? Now that you've arrived, that show ran for fifteen years. How many corpses piled up during that time? One basically every One every week. Uh, every week, hundreds. And that is definitely a known thing. And then a lot of them, and especially for this one, is I really like costume dramas. The <laughs> first thing I have in my notes. Are we here for the stories or the outfits? Probably a bit of both. <laughs> okay. Um, I was legit. Set it up and then we'll get into Okay. We'll get so into I'm it. just going to give you the, the rundown, which is Miss um, Fisher's Murder Mysteries is an Australian crime drama series. It is based on a series of books by author Carrie uh, Greenwood, I think it is, and revolves around the personal and professional life of uh, Miss Phryne Fisher, which is played by Essie Davis. She is a glamorous private detective in 1920s Melbourne. Uh, the show started airing February 2012 and uh, is still going. There are three seasons and 34 episodes so far. And I did really enjoy the fact that it took place in 1920s Melbourne, something you don't usually see. The one thing I did say to Caitlin over Facebook, uh, and it wasn't in violation of Save It For The Pod because I actually hadn't watched it yet. I just had to like see where I could find it, was very delighted to discover that this was uh you know jazz era melbourne and yeah. not like you know 1905 1895 <laughs> uh england well so, what's wrong with 1895 england uh, what's what's the what am i going to call australian banter aussie talk it's not just it's not quite wubba wubba isn't it but there is especially with bert and stuff it's definitely aussie there's, there's a bit of that there's a bit of that in there Oh, and I do need to say that I am very aware that Miss Fisher is the epitome of a Mary Sue. <laughs> D- define for the listeners, I think, what, a Mary what Sue that is. actually is. Yes. So a Mary Sue, I can't remember the history of it, but is basically a specifically a female character who can do everything. Mm. She knows every language. She knows how to hack into a computer. She it stems from fanfic, doesn't it? I can't remember. I oh, it was oh, like she a sort has... of thing where you put your idealized self into like She has one green eye and one purple eye. The other word for this is something called a special snowflake. <laughs> um, which is used a lot in LARPs and role playing. Is everyone, especially when you start out role playing, you make a character and it, it has that idealized self and you want to give it like green eyes because you've always wanted green eyes mm. or like a scar or like a cool tattoo and they can do all these things and are super muscular or super good looking that is definitely something that as you get older you you shed mm. um and you go for more nuance and complication and you know at least a lot of people do not everyone not everyone abandons that so that's sort of the idea of a mary sue she can sort of do do anything and everything they called ray from uh, the Force Awakens, a bit of a Mary Sue, mm. because she was a great pilot and she was a Jedi, and you know she could use weapons. Could and do everything immediately. 
Yeah, uh, which I disagree with, but that's a conversation from another time. <laughs> but definitely Miss Fisher is that. She speaks like every language and she can dance and... Knows everyone. Every, yeah, and everything and can is a ace pilot and has an amazing shot and all that. So you gave, you gave a brief plot synopsis, but set up like our intro to this a little bit. Uh, I Honestly, I watched third season a little while ago, so f- the very beginning of the, the show, I, I can't quite remember, but uh, basically she steps off the boat from England. Yes. She's just come back from England. It's after World po- War One. Post-war, yep. Um, which plays quite a lot into the series, which I actually, I like that aspect of it as well. Um, and she basically gets wrapped in trying to figure out the near death of this girl. Um, I think that's where it starts. Yes, that's yeah, that's the first case. Um, and then she has a friend who is a doctor. Oh, she, she's supposed to go to a, a luncheon with some people she knows there. Right. But when she arrives, the house oh, right. so patron like, has yeah. been murdered. So the luncheon has been canceled, and that's why she's sort of there at the time when yeah. this is happening. And starts and, asking questions and getting curious, etc. Et and she gets um, sort of... She upsets a certain uh, inspector. Yes. Um, and they start to have sort of like this. They keep on meeting at crime scenes. And this is one of my <laughs> things about this these type of shows. Yeah. The civilian crime fighter thing yeah. is always like, why does anyone put up with this? <laughs> um, if I'm a cop and I'm doing my job and Franny Fisher come walking in. And <laughs> yeah. And she's all got a million questions and always seems to know everything and blah, blah, blah. Like, why is she always allowed in these places? <laughs> well, a lot of times she's not. She, like, sneaks they in. They make the feeblest attempt to keep her out of places. Um, but it is, I mean, this happens a lot. And and she does, I think, by the end of the first or the second episode, become a private investigator. Yes. So a lot of it is... She is doing this on behalf of her client. And she does have a lot of information. That's what starts to happen. That is, that is a good point. They she start does. to she, trade She has been hired by people. Yeah. And like, especially in the third episode, she's outright hired. Yeah. And she's like amassed a Scooby gang by the by the end of the first episode. Yeah, she's which got, is great. She's got, she's got Dot the Maid and she's got the two guys from the cab company who are like and become her got, like enforcer investigators uh, type Mr. of thing. Mr. Butler. <laughs> Mr. Butler. Who's the butler? <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's the, he's the Alfred with the military training. Um, so yeah, you haven't even asked me if I liked it yet. Because that's not important. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no. not, it's not why we do the show, Caitlin. Um, I don't know. At first I thought you... I don't know. I got, for some reason, the sense that you did like it. But that was the only thing you did was that Facebook post. I didn't realize you hadn't... Not Facebook post, sorry. The message you sent me. Yes. I didn't realize you hadn't watched it yet. No. And then as I came in and you made those first remarks about the show, I was like, oh, maybe he didn't like it. I mean, it's cheesy and silly, but it's fun. So I guess, Jordan, <laughs> did you like it? Oh, wait, I don't care. No, I mean, Jordan, did you did you like it? It was Saturday night TV. Saturday night TV? Yeah. That's my big TV night. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> says, says more about, about me. Says than more it about Caitlin's high school experience, I think. <laughs> no, I watched a lot of Saturday Night TV as well. Um, Saturday Night TV was like where shows go to die, right? It's like because oh. they don't expect anyone to watch it. Because um, if you have a life, you're probably out 
living it instead of living in a small town like I was. And I'm sorry, what's the, this life thing you're talking about? Isn't <laughs> TV life? It's the thing people with money and, oh. and, and freedom do. It's so funny because so many times... My wonderful boyfriend would be like, do you want to do X? And I go look at him and he goes, you just want to stay and watch TV? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yes. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> and we high five. In case you wanted to do something. Yeah, and we high five and it's awesome. Um, like, dis- even despite the exotic locale, which I did appreciate. Yeah. They didn't quite have enough money to always pull that off. There's some really bad CGI. In oh, there sometimes. yeah. It's very Murdoch Mysteries. Um, which I haven't seen, but oh, I'm assuming oh, it, is. It's very the same. Like, they'll have, like, some shots that are really well done, and then they'll do, like, a shot of the outside of a building, and it's, like, obvious bad CGI. <laughs> the one I didn't get was, like, there's a shot of, like, a kid, like, uh, like a paper boy. Yeah. Outside of a hotel that they were clearly filming other shots at outside, but for some reason when the kid was there, it, it was, was like super CGI. Like yeah. maybe close-ups they can do, but like I don't know. And there were some scenes that really looked, you know, obviously sound stages type of thing and which, super artificial. Which it gets a little bit better as it goes on, but it was a show that they didn't know if it was going to last. Yeah, it was sort of on. There were a couple other shows that had gotten really good reviews as well, and they sort of were like. We don't know if we're going to keep it, but it got such a big response, especially on Netflix, that they decided to keep keep going. And yeah, I don't know how much money like the Australian broadcast com- company has for original content. Which is when you're reading ABC and yeah. you keep on doing double takes, being like, what? This wasn't on ABC? On ABC? Yeah, despite the exotic locale, it did look like Saturday Night TV to me, which is, you know, Murder, Murder She Wrote, uh, you know, Nash Bridges. Walker, Texas Ranger, you know, NCIS, like those type of shows that you don't know how they're around. They just keep living on Saturday nights. Um, um, I like to point out that you even said that Murder, She Wrote went on for how many years? <laughs> grandmas. All the grandmas have Nielsen boxes. Yeah. Um, I will say what was funny was when, so this is available on Netflix, all three seasons, which is all they've done, uh, are on Netflix. And I went to a, as I was firing it up, I was like, man, this is the one that, like, if my dad sees, because I share the account <laughs> with my dad, if my dad sees the, like, history, yeah, he's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jordan, what? Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. But uh, Netflix now will, like, separate by profile, yeah. which I hadn't realized. I was like, oh, well, I miss my dad. I wonder what my dad's been watching. Yeah, he's, like, season three of Miss Fisher's uh, <laughs> well, yeah. murder mysteries. <laughs> my dad is all about Miss Fisher. <laughs> um, my thing with this show is, like, I feel like in another world, this could have been like the Australian Fargo. (laughs) There's enough quirk there that peeks its head out every once in a while that I would have liked to have seen more of. Like Dot the Maid is scared of electricity and doesn't want to use like the vacuum cleaner or the telephone. Yeah, because they're evil. I I really like that. In the pilot, there's a scene where her and her doctor friend, who actually didn't see in the last much in the last couple episodes, they're like this nerve powder keeps showing up in places, yeah, and they're like figuring out what it is. And it's like, well, it looks like it could be like you know some sort of nerve stimulant. It could be yeah. cocaine for all we know. And Franny like takes a <laughs> takes a little taste. She's like, no, it's definitely cocaine. And the doctor friend is like, well, I'm the doctor. I should check. And then she, t- <laughs> and she takes a lick, and then Franny takes another lick. Things like that I like, but I didn't see much of that again. Right. Um. Even less so in the in the. I guess they tried to do like a hypnosis thing in the second episode, but I would have, I probably would have liked the show a lot more had I seen more of more quirk right. to it. Um, 
what was her name? Essie Davis, you said? That's her yes. name? She's, she, she, she's delightful. And she actually showed up in one of the last episodes of Game of Thrones. Oh, did she? She played uh, the actress who plays Cersei. Oh, that's her? Yeah. That's dope. That's her. I didn't even know that was her. Yeah. And she does, a, she does do a real good job. Yeah, there's can be infuriating in that like take this seriously <laughs> type yeah. of way that you know me as like a crime guy yeah someone's been murdered <laughs> take that, this seriously that's basically the inspector yeah he's like why are you not taking this seriously <laughs> and they're like feebly trying to arrest her for being somewhere where she's yeah. not supposed to be and she's like making goggle faces and like posing for her mugshot type of thing yeah <laughs> it's like it's like oh you're just so charming um the thing i think i find with like a murder mystery show is if i like the characters i just want to hang out with them yeah the murder mystery bit just becomes like no stop it i don't want (laughs) to i kind of like to see how many different ways they can have someone die in a season that's also another thing i really like i Um, care more about you know is colin's gonna finally work up the nerve to ask dot to the policeman's dance (laughs) well yeah that's that's part of me that's why it's a it that's why it's a mystery drama Mm. right it's because yeah there's mystery but a big part of it is the hanging out with the characters and we should also say there is a i totally forgot about this because it came up once in the pilot and haven't seen it again since yeah there is a larger plot it seems like franny has a reason for coming back coming to australia I don't yeah know if it's back to australia um it is back to australia it's from there originally yeah. um she has a reason for returning um it's not just like a flight of fancy that that took her there she has a reason um there's obviously more to her character than what we see when we see images of her as a child she's obviously very poor yeah um now she's like titled and yep and very wealthy post-war so how that came to be i don't know that's mildly curious but i want to know those things do i want to sit through another 20 episodes of murder of the week to get there (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that i do i mean that's that's sort of it's interesting because there are other people i know who feel the exact same way who i thought would Ren had asked a long time ago. She was like, hey, does anyone have any new shows that they think I should be checking out? And I'd put up Miss Fishers. And I think she said, you know, I tried it, but I'm really not a mystery person. Mm -hmm. They're just so by the book. Like they just, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I just, I... I can't deal with that, which for me, I'm like, I love that. I love that there's always a resolution at the end and it's usually a good resolution unless it's a cliffhanger. Um, Everyone's always happy at the end. You know, Angela Lansbury is riding her bike down Cabot Cove at the end. You know, like I like that. I like that. It's comfort food. It is comfort food. Um, I like silly, fun television shows. I also like people dying in weird, crazy ways. <laughs> like, it, I'm a hot dog princess. Like, what can I, what can I do? Can I get some fan art, please, of uh, Caitlin as the hot dog princess? If anyone is out there and they'll, wants to, wants they'll to need do to that. have pictures of me first, though. Oh, that's right. You don't, you don't exist on the. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I can see why you might not want to sit through it, but if you're doing dishes or something, definitely check out some more episodes. Oh, I'd I like was to. definitely doing a lot of other things while, <laughs> while this was on. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it was fine. Love to watch ladies run around in stockings and garter belts. The outfits are fantastic. Even I can appreciate that. Yeah, the costume, they are good. costuming is really well done. I just wish there had been a little more of that, that, that quirk that seemed to fall away after the pilot quite a lot. And the fucking blowgun trumpet thing in the third episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way that works. And also, 
the band manager who you don't know he's the band manager yet. He's just a dude who's up there and apparently playing the banjo. Yeah. He, this dude faked playing the banjo <laughs> so badly, I could not even deal with it. He was just, like, literally just doing you this. Can't, you can't see what he's doing, but he's... Nowhere, nowhere near the strings no. or in rhythm. I was like, <laughs> in my notes, this banjo player is killing me. <laughs> Episode three. Um, the only probably issue I have with the show mm. is there are definitely not enough uh, actors of Aboriginal descent. Yeah, there was one there was one black lady in the three episodes I watched, and yeah. even she was American. And I know, like it's they uh, they've had lots of trouble with racism in Australia. It's a big issue, especially towards those of Aboriginal descent. And I would have really liked to see more characters. Like it doesn't come up at all. Even you've yeah. seen all of them. Right? I, I've uh, they there was one episode where I think they've mm. come up. One of, hmm. what did I say? Like 34 episodes. Yeah, 13 episodes per season. Um, which is not good enough. No. Um, so that's what I would like to see more of. Well, that notwithstanding, if I had to give this a rating based on <laughs> the three episodes, I saw, yeah, it's like a 5.5. 5.5, okay. It's cool. Definitely, definitely, like, the sort of thing, like, the reason the show exists, right? Like, I would never have ever even known this existed Yeah. had you not brought it to me. Um, and it's definitely the sort of thing that you geek out about that I... Oh, yeah. Not whatever. So, I had told a friend about this show who also loves all the Miss Marple and Poirot and mm. all of that. And I had told her about it. And then we got together and the third season had just come out on Netflix. And I was like, oh, hey, Miss Fisher just came out season three on Netflix. Have you had a chance? She's like, oh, yeah, I downloaded it episodically when it came out in Australia. Like, that's how, like, much she loved it. So there are lots of us out there. I think I need to give us some crazy nickname for for people who love, like, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, for, for, I was going to say fishies. No, uh, no, you mean the overarching. Yeah, yeah. Overarching old lady. Or just like lady or even gentleman detective from like. Oh, I meant the viewers, not the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, you know, just this sort of love of cheesy mysteries. I don't know. If someone, if someone can figure out a name for me, let me know. What, what about, uh, what about the, do you read lots of these books? Because sometimes I see the books at work and they're just like, you know, the ones that co-star cats and whatnot. And um, they always have recipes in the back. <laughs> weirdly, I've tried yeah. and I don't like them. I don't like to read them. Hmm. I think it's because the characters really do it for me. So, and the acting and everything. So, I think, and maybe my imagination is just terrible. <laughs> uh, but I read like, I tried to read some knitting one <laughs> and I just didn't like it very no. much. Though I... It's not quite the same, but I really loved uh, uh, Ladies Number One Detective Agency. Oh yeah, yeah, McCall. Smith yeah, there. though that's a very different type of novel. Mm. Um, it's probably one of my favorite novels of all time. Um, that series is great, and it's very alike, sort of quirky. And mm. I'm guessing you haven't read it. No, that may be on the list. Oh lord. <laughs> Um, but you would say anyone who enjoyed Murder, She Wrote would enjoy this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're a fan of those shows, this seems like a definitely one of the upper tier of these shows. Yeah. Um, the fact that it interested me at all. is amazing. Uh, yeah, as marginally as it did, but it did. There was at least enough there that I would pay attention to. Like, you know, if this was on, if I was home alone with no friends on a Saturday night and this was on. Yeah. It'd be much more preferable and less despairing than if I was at home on a saturday night with no friends watching murder she wrote or nash bridges or something like 
Quincy M.E. <laughs> that is the faintest of phrase I'm, <laughs> I'm damning it with, but that's where we are with Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Essie Davis, you're also really sexy. She is very sexy. Um, that always helps as a piece of cis male scum. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So, mentioned on the Facebook group this week, in regarding a something that came up on the show the week before... That being May and the Kitten Bus, yes. the, the Miyazaki-directed short spin-off to My Neighbor Totoro that airs on only at the Ghibli Museum, but did manage to track down the shakiest of bootleg angled <laughs> recordings of angled this short. Bootleg. And even as a shaky angled bootleg recording, utterly delightful. Oh man, it was so good. <laughs> so good, you guys. So that got me thinking about Miyazaki and the, the invariable comparisons they get lobbed at every japanese animated animation director who's the next miyazaki gonna be right and there's one guy this gets labeled at this label gets thrown at the most and i think he might be the closest to deserving it kind of i gave caitlin a choice of two movies by director mamoru hosoda the only two of his works that i've seen he's done four i've seen summer wars and wolf children they're both very different I said, Caitlin, these are the ones I've seen. Check out the plots. See which one you want to check out. And Caitlin came back and said she was watching... Wolf Children. Wolf Children. It's a 2012 movie by Mamoru Hosoda. Characters designed by Yoshiyuki Satomoto, best known for doing the character designs of Evangelion. And also designed Perfume as for a Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz advertisement. I always have to bring them up whenever I can. Like I said, it was this third movie it came out in 2012 he also co-wrote it and came up with the original story apparently his idea for this came when he asked a friend what it was like raising children and they compared it to living with a wild animal <laughs> that's what started this uh everything you need to know about the movie is there in the title yeah basically it's about wolf children it's about a woman named hannah <laughs> i got it all written down Sorry. i know her name about a woman named hannah who falls in love with a werewolf werewolf um, and they have two children. The husband dies. Hana takes her two children out to the country to try and raise them free from any controversy, prying neighbors, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And really not much happens. Yeah. It's told similar to something like Saga, which Caitlin and I both love. Yes. Um, told by the daughter, Yuki, in the future... She's relaying the story of her childhood and her mm-hmm. mother, uh, clearly from an older perspective, I think when she's in junior high, talking about their childhood. Should be said, as far as the Ghibli Miyazaki-esque influence, Hosoda started doing like Digimon and One Piece features, uh-huh. and then he was actually commissioned to do Howl's Moving Castle. Oh. He, he was going to do Howl's Moving Castle, but I guess he couldn't, didn't come up with a concept that the bosses liked enough, so Miyazaki did it himself. But he was, like, part of that world. Like, he had been noticed and was and registered on there. So when I checked out Wolf Children, knowing that it had gotten some acclaim, I watched it, and I didn't really know what to make of it. It definitely, coming full circle to watching May and the Cat Bus, Kitten Bus, it did have that sort of Totoro-esque feel, the rural setting, the where nothing really happens, you're just kind of hanging with these characters, as Yuki and her brother Ame deal with their wolf powers yeah their ability to change into wolves should be said these are wolves in the like twilight sense where they turn into actual 
wolves. Yes. Not like standing on the hind legs, wolf men. Wolf except anthropomorphic. Except their, except their father. Yeah, I don't know because when the father dies, he's in. He's in full wolf. He's in full wolf. But when they have wolf sex for the first time, <laughs> yeah, which I guess, it, he's I, like half wolf, half man. I guess, and you see the kids half, half, and half yeah. at various points throughout. Um, so yeah, that's basically the story. It's the story of these two kids growing up and the mother trying to raise them and give them a life yeah. to be able to choose what they want to be, wolf or human. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to make of this. I was curious to think what Caitlin would make of this. Caitlin, what'd you make of this? It's really weird because I really liked it, mm. but I definitely had some problems with the um, the plotting. It's two hours. It is really long. This movie could definitely be 90 minutes. Yeah. It, like, sometimes, like, the, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And, yeah. And, but then sometimes they're like, they, they just drag something out forever. And I was like, please, just move on. I get it. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't really like Yuki narrating. Because there were a lot of times when the, the movie spoke for itself. Mm. I didn't need Yuki. Didn't need an exposition dump? No, not at all. Like, I, you know, I, maybe, maybe from time to time, but I definitely, lots of times I didn't need it and I just felt like it made it clunky. Mm. Um, I love the story. It reminded me weirdly of The Secret of Nim. Mm. Because you don't really get to see stories about single mothers in a fantasy world trying to who aren't who aren't powered themselves yeah. trying to help their kids that is not a genre like there's like two i tried to find a movie once about besides secret of nim where a single mother is taking care of the kids and sort of has to go through this what you would call a mother's adventure mm. and you can't find them so this was that the fact that this this movie, this story exists, made me so happy. Um, and I enjoyed her, her struggle and, and sometimes just like, just the exhaustion. There's a, yeah, the mon, there's a montage near the beginning of the movie where like Ame is still an infant and Yuki's a toddler. Yeah. That just, and they're, they haven't left the city yet. They're still in the city in that first apartment. And you just see kind of like a quick montage of scenes where what it's like to raise these kids where if like if Yuki's hungry and she wants food and her like emotions process just by going into like wolf form, which is cute. Cause she's a little puppy and whatever. Yeah. And she's just kind of running around. She's also tearing the apartment yeah. apart. <laughs> and what was interesting is at some time near the end of the movie, I was like, this didn't really have to be about wolf children. <laughs> it like just could have been about it kids. It could have just been about about raising two kids, but it adds some other element to it, just the way Secret of Nim did. Mm. You know, really the story is about a mother trying to save her sick son, but it's about what she goes through. And this story sort of magnifies the single mother struggle with the fact that these are wolf children. And she has a whole other set of things to try and learn and to try and teach her kids. And I really enjoyed it. I, I did. And there were scenes where they went into sort of like this first person view of the kids running. Yeah. And stuff like that was stunning. It was so well done. Um, even they did a couple of moments where like they showed the kids growing up and they went from like classroom to classroom. Yeah, that was a really good. That scene. was a really cool transition scene. A lot of the transition scenes were fa fabulous. 
But then, the as far as storytelling goes, there were a lot of things that didn't really get resolved or come to an end or there was sort of like no point. That's the thing, right? Yeah, there's, there's no point to the movie. There's yeah. kind of a crisis of sorts near the end. Yeah. So what you have initially is Hannah doesn't want the kids to like go to school. She's trying to basically like sequester them. Yeah. As they get older, Yuki really wants to go to school. Um, she's really into like being a wolf. She likes being a wolf. She likes running around and as a wolf. And she's awesome. <laughs> and she's great. She can do everything. And then she gets to school Wants friends, finds out that the thing she's into kind of makes her a bit of a weirdo. Like uh, the skulls of animals. Like co- collecting, you know, skulls or playing with snakes or whatnot. You know, yeah. That makes her a weirdo. She wants to fit in. She starts embracing her human side more. Conversely, Ame, who as a toddler was not interested in being, hated being a wolf, yeah. didn't want anything to do with it, uh, has this moment where he almost drowns in a river and emerges kind of more confident he kind of like saves himself and gets really fascinated with nature and the natural world and really ultimately spoilers but how can you spoil a movie like this he goes like full-on wolf yeah he just decides to like near the end of the movie he decides to transform into a wolf he's like 14 no if that no he's like 10 he's like nine yeah he's like nine um so where the kids kind of flip whereas when they're toddlers and very young yuki's cool with being a wolf ame doesn't like it and then as they get older yuki decides she wants to live as a human and ame decides he wants to live as a wolf and there's kind of this occasional moralizing about the natural world and environmentalism that happens but there's no point to it right like it doesn't really need to be there it's the movie's like a series of moments yeah which 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 totoro was as well that's the thing that i kept going back to it was like well there's no really no point to this totoro didn't have a point either yeah it was just you were just happy to be there to your point, Totoro was also 90 minutes. Yes. And like there were like long stretches where I was like, okay, yeah, no, I get the point. I really need you to move on now or I'm going to start skipping stuff. Chop, chop, Mamoru. Um, so yeah, but again, it was beautiful. I enjoyed it. It was fun storytelling. I love the kids going back and forth between wolf and human, especially, especially um, Yuki when she's younger. Mm-hmm. Like every time she has a tantrum, she's like, I want to do this. And then she just automatically turns into a wolf. <laughs> she like yells, yeah. And yeah. the, the ears pop up and she yeah. gets a little snow. And she's like, Yuki, your e-, or the mom's like, Hannah's like, Yuki, your ears. And she's like, oh, no, but I want blah, blah, blah. And she turns into a wolf again. Um, and I like that analogy of small yeah. toddlers being like feral animals. Savage animals. Yeah, because they are. You leave the room, room uh, alone for a minute um, and it's all over. Um, I also really, what I really thought would have been interesting though, because they do focus on Hannah's story, is seeing more of, Hannah's maybe that could have been the point like Hannah's development because she starts out being this college student and Mm. her life is going one way and then she realizes sort of I see this visually wanting to fall in love Mm. and she goes on and she falls in love happens to be with a werewolf (laughs) Um, and then they have children and he dies and sort of like what she has to do now to protect her children and she keeps on going to to libraries to learn and that's how she sort of deals with this mm. is she learns what she needs to know through books um, and through asking for, for help. And anyways, I just I thought that was a really interesting part of the story. And I'm glad they didn't hide that. They made it a struggle for her and it, they showed how she struggled. Yeah. Like my favorite part was probably the middle portion where she is learning how to like farm and yeah. make some sustainable living 
food supplies. And she does it all herself. There's like this old guy who's sort of giving her guidance, but she, he makes her do like all the digging. Yeah. And it's like shows her from like sun up to sundown, just digging just fields and like off. sweating buckets. And even when they're before they move to the country, when they're in the city, like there was a bit of voiceover about how every like quiet moment she's just falling asleep because she's trying to raise two kids on her own without any help and even how that's difficult right like raising two kids without having anyone else no other family no other friends and how it's only through sort of like her learning and also the support system she gains that she can do that yeah like my favorite part was a when she was learning how to farm and B when she finally succeeds and she's like got all these potatoes and she's doing that thing where you go around to the neighbors and it's like oh thanks so much for all your help and helping me all I got these potatoes and I'm like oh thanks and they go and they bring out whatever they have and she ends it up was with like, like carrots and carrots and turnips and, and then there's a fridge and then yeah <laughs> it's like you can't put all this in the fridge we have an old beater freezer that you can use like yeah. that community that forms around her that's a part I really liked I'll say my only criticism with the end is like so at the end, Yuki goes off to live in dorms yeah. uh, at a junior high, and Ami has gone full wolf yeah. around the mountain. So he can pret- be the the guy, or what does he say? The spirit, not the spirit of the mountain. The oh, what, what is it when somebody looks after something? <laughs> Custodian. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, because Ami guardian, had, guardian, guardian of the mountain. Ami had ended up meeting this fox who. Yeah apparently was teaching him about because there are no wolves in japan right and which is true i looked yeah. this up because uh, they mention they mention that the father is a like descendant of the hanshu wolf i'm like what is the hanshu wolf i need i need to know about this i thought it was like a folkloric thing it's yeah. not it's just a type of wolf that uh existed in japan and was kind of wiped out with uh by rabies when oh geez when uh westerners got to japan and was kind of declared extinct in the 1905 i think i saw what's on the last reported ones we're seeing um, so yeah, there are no really no wolves in Japan. So uh, Hana is sitting in her house, listening to like presumably Ame like howling somewhere off in the mountain. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> she's just kind of like, well, that was fun raising kids. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just it. Like and th- and Yuki gone, Ame gone. I don't okay. What happens to Hana now? I want to know more about. Yeah, Hannah. I want to know like Hannah's adventures. Yeah, maybe she becomes a private investigator <laughs> at Moose Australia. Like who knows? Oh my god. <laughs> You totally inception the two things we brought this week. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, like it was in some ways it was good storytelling. And then in some ways, like a lot of anime, and we've, I've talked about this before, is one of the things I can't stand about anime is when it like devolves botches into... Botches the ending. Yeah, it just, it's weird. At this case, it didn't botch the ending. There just really wasn't one. It just sort of came to an end. Which I guess is kind of keeping in line with the rest of the movie, but... Yeah, but I really thought there'd be like more of a point uh, i should have known better <laughs> <laughs> i should i just should have known better jordan gave me an anime there yep. will be no point to there this. will be no point to this there, that's it you know, it should be said there really is no point to this like if you yeah. go into this you're just it's i keep going back to the totoro comparison where it's like it's just it just put me in a really kind of nice mood it was very zen while i was watching it like you know, Miyazaki will always have that shot where like rain hits something yeah. right like where it hits vegetables or hits like Remember, even though I watched when Marnie was there, which Miyazaki didn't direct, but like a scene of like there's rain on the concrete and you see the concrete getting progressively like darkened as as the rain hits it. There was a scene of that where like, you know, rain was hitting the leaves of some plant outside Hana's yeah. house. Um, or just even watching the montages of her working her ass off to repair the house and improve the house and make it livable. Oh, also, I have this love of montages. I just look them up on YouTube and watch them because I'm a weirdo. Lot, and this, lots of montages. This made me so happy. 
I was so happy. With the child rearing montage, uh, yep. the home improvement montage, yeah. the farming montage. Woo! Yeah, you were getting. That. <laughs> I got all kinds oh, of montages. Oh yeah, Ame in the forest with the, yeah. <laughs> with the with the fox montage. Very montage heavy movie. Um, so yeah, this was a very successful movie in Japan. It was the it debuted the same weekend as Brave, and beat it. Oh really? Yeah. And it won the Japanese Oscar for Best Animated Movie that year. I can see that. Um, Hosoda has since gone out this year. He had a movie that came out called um, Boy and the Beast, which I have not seen yet. But from the sense I get is if Wolf Children was like his My Neighbor Totoro, Boy and the Beast is like his Spirited Away. Okay. It's about a boy who kind of runs away and enters the spirit world and meets some bear-like thing who like wants bear-like samurai dude who is trying to like fight for his inheritance or something. And the boy helps him. Why didn't you have me watch that? I didn't see it yet. That's okay. amazing. All right. Well, put a pin in it with the Satoshi Kon movies. Um, we might just burn through most of Hosoda's catalog. Yeah. So I don't know regarding this whole, like, you know, next Miyazaki thing, which is a bullshit statement anyway. But I mean, yeah. they did it with Disney as well. And it seems like John Lasseter kind of got that thrown on him at some point. And I think to a certain extent, he's earned it. I don't know. You've only seen one movie. Um, I... I can't say whether he's earned it or not. I don't know enough about anime. I really enjoyed it, though. And it gets a solid seven kick punches. Seven kick punches. Yeah, because I really enjoyed watching it. I just, at the end, was like, okay, it's it's done now. I'm going to go fold laundry. That was a thing I did. Yeah, yeah, it's like, don't go in looking for, like, a amazing, like, Rebel. rollicking film yeah. blockbuster experience. Like Caitlin said, it's really zen. Yeah. It's, just, it's a chill out movie. And it's beautiful though it is really beautiful beautiful. and cute (laughs) and cute and if you are interested it is on funimation on their site i don't know if you can watch it for free with ads or not you may have to look into that um or it's available on blu-ray and dvd as well cool um caitlin's got a heart out today so we will not bother with updates i don't really think we have any you mean you haven't watched all of avatar no just so disappointed in watch like three more episodes i got up to uh avatar Oh, what's the what's the TV box? What's that called? Roku. Oh, I was g- Avatar Roku. I got to him. All right. Avatar Apple TV. Apple TV. Avatar Chromecast. <laughs> I got to him. Um, it was, it was fine, and then I got distracted by other things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't have anything? I don't think so. Haven't seen anything? Not really. Oh, except well, no. Well, we talked about that already. I went to go see X Men. And it was like Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, and it was like meh. That sucked. Yeah. So that, I think, is going to do it for this week's episode. Totally forgot to give you the social media at the top. You can have it now. If you would like to email us, you can do that at geekdownpod at gmail.com. You can find corrections and show descriptions and whatnot on the Tumblr at geekdownpod.tumblr.com. You can get us at Twitter at geekdownpod. We have a Facebook group. Oh, sorry. I that, don't that, know. That's your bag. That's my bag. Um, it is www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yes. If you like. And, oh, I, no. You no, go ahead. My no, bag. No. All right. Okay. Um, basically, if you have any questions or you have any comments or you want to yell at me for something, that's the place to do it. Because, as we always say, if you want to yell at Jordan... You can do so on my Twitter, at Jordan underscore Ferguson. But if you want to yell at me, you can't. Can't do it. Because I don't exist. Not there. On the internet. But I do exist on the Facebook page. Yes. It might take me a little bit of time. She, she will peek her head out from the log she lives in. Uh, yeah, basically. Watching Murder, <laughs> She Wrote and Miss <laughs> Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Um, and I will, I will comment back. Yes. 
So that is just about going to do it for us here on the Geek Down. Please, like I said at the top, rate and review us on iTunes. It is something tangible that we can point to, that we know how well we're doing. We're trying to make a better effort to see how well this is doing. I think we're doing all right. But. Yeah. So if it's just like 14 of you listening to episodes over and over again, uh, we'd really <laughs> like to know that. That's really what we, what we would <laughs> like to know. So if you all go and rate and review on iTunes. We'll have a good idea. It means, yeah, if it's only 14 reviews, we'll be like, cool. Yeah. Now we know. And we'll do a show for all 14 of you. Yeah. So we will see you here back again next week. The show is produced by Jordan <laughs> Ferguson. <laughs> show is written not at all not at all the show is improvised by jordan ferguson and caitlin mckinnon yeah i'm not going to tell you what the theme song is because then they'll know when they'll sue us <laughs> um and uh i'm caitlin mckinnon i'm jordan ferguson and we'll see you next week bye Because I don't really do mysteries. I do crime. Yeah. Um, you need to fuck right off with this, friendo. If anyone's ever listening to this, he's talking to the computer and not me. <laughs> um. Shut up! They never hear me. I, I, that's I've yelled so loud at that building sometimes. <laughs>